up everybody welcome to another episode of the sports kingdom show i am your host eric the duke of sports sklar and i'm joined by my co-host tyler pacholke what's going on tyler how you doing man go birds go birds they did it uh yeah they did it can't believe it happened uh before we start be sure to follow the show on twitter and instagram at tsk show if you want to find myself or tyler on twitter be sure to follow us at the duke of sports and at tyler's underscore world underscore like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK show, or just type in the keyword, the Sports Kingdom show on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Coming up on the show, we will conclude our five-part series of ranking the top 10 active players at each position in the NBA. Also, we will discuss the NBA trade deadline, which is coming up on Thursday, the dunk contest as well as the three-point contest participants have been revealed and i think we're going to be in for a treat uh here in la for all-star weekend coming up in a couple of weeks oh yeah i love the all-star game i love all-star weekend (laughs) there's uh also some big news regarding the lakers that we will get into as well but first we got to talk about the eagles taking down the patriots got to talk about super bowl 52 a good one another good one it was a great game i think we've had like two or three great Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely like three out of the last – or no, I mean – They've all been pretty – All of them pretty good. I yeah. mean, even the Denver-Carolina one was good. Yeah. The Seattle-New England one was crazy, even though we, I came up on the bad end of that one. <laughs> um, I think we all last did. Year, and then last year's Super Bowl obviously was insane. Yeah. So this year, obviously, Philadelphia won the game 41-33 to over the New England Patriots. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, 28 of 43 uh, passing, 373 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and then obviously the catch. I'm taking Nick Foles over Tom Brady as a wide receiver seven days out of the week, I guess. The new catch. Yeah, and I saw a video on social media. He ran the same play in high school. Yeah, I, he, it was probably his play. Yeah, no, he called it on his own. No, yeah, and I, I think it was probably. His, uh, they said that in the first bye week, um, after the uh, the conference championship, that he went over and looked at some film of his old game films, and tried to find some things that he did well to get ready for the Super Bowl. So I'm guessing one of those that play was. I'm sure that was there. one of them. Yeah. Uh, some other stats for the Eagles for you, real quick. Legarrette Blunt. 14 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown. Back-to-back, Super Bowl champ. Him and Chris Long. First te- first players yeah. in NFL history switch teams. to switch teams and then beat the same team that they played for the next year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be a weird thing to happen. Yeah. And then Jay Ajay, nine carries, 57 yards. Corey Clement, four receptions, 100 yards, and the one touchdown. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. That was a touchdown. Yeah. He – he got those two feet down first, and then that third one might have hit the line, might have not, whatever. He yeah. got those two feet down first. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, shout out, uh, Pac-12 kid, USC kid. Yep. Uh, great, 
great Super Bowl performance. No touchdowns, but nine receptions, 84 the, yards. Their whole, all their skill players played really, really well. Yeah. I'm Alshon Jeffrey, three receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. Yep. Zach Ertz, seven receptions, 67 yards, catch, one touchdown. The catch roll, man, that's one of the biggest issues. That's probably issue number one as far as ref goes in the offseason. Oh, that's for sure going to be the hottest topic yeah, in the offseason is this catch rule. Um, yeah, I but, mean, if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be pissed. Oh, I it'd mean, be, they were already pissed, but like now it'd be, it'd be even, even more. more. Yeah, it was that. I mean, that was basically the same play, especially to happen to the team that's in your home state. Yeah, against the same team. Yeah. Oh man, what a what a kick in the nuts. <laughs> but I mean, the Eagles did everything they needed to do to win the ball game. They won the they won the game. Yeah, yeah. New England didn't lose the game. No, I mean, Philadelphia New England lost, but but. Philly played better, and they they won that game, absolutely. I mean, the last play to get Tom to fumble and then to uh, stop him, you know, again, like a minute later. Yeah, I mean, li- listen to this. If I were to tell you Tom Brady went 28 of 48, 505 yards, three touchdowns, one fumble, Danny Amendola had eight receptions, 152 yards, Chris Hogan had six receptions, 128 yards, uh, one touchdown, Excuse me, I think I just said. Amber. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yardage wise, it's the most prolific game in NFL history. Yeah, and then Rob Gronkowski had nine receptions, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Gronkowski dominated. I mean, he, he had is a unguardable. Huge game. But if I were to tell you those stats and yeah. not tell you the score of the game, you'd think the Patriots won the game. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they played they played good enough to win the game. You know what I mean? If if Philly, Philadelphia came out with anything other than that game, New England yeah. probably would have won. But Philly came out with their best. Yeah, and this up, Philadelphia team is crazy. Up until the strip sack fumble at the end, I was sitting there watching the game. Like, all right, I guess Tom Brady's going to have another fourth quarter comeback. Everyone I predict, did. I, I predicted mean, it last week. I thought Tom Brady was going to be the MVP because yeah, of the every, fourth everybody, quarter comeback. Everybody thought that at two and a half minutes left, when Tom Brady had the ball, um, they had the two minute warning and timeout. They were going to, they're going to win this. They're going to go down and win this game. Yeah. No doubt in anybody's mind. And I think a lot of people, even when he got the ball back with one minute left, no timeouts, down eight. Thought, I, I was still thinking. this guy's going to come back, get the touchdown, and get the two points. We're going to go to overtime. Like, that's what Brady does. But he didn't get it done um, on Sunday. Uh, I still don't, I don't think anything less of him. I'm not worried about his future. I'm not worried about uh, the Patriots' future. Yeah, especially now uh, with Josh McDaniels coming back. Josh McDaniels is coming back. He's going to be the offense coordinator again. So, uh, they're only replacing their defensive coordinator. They're going to come back with the same squad. We'll s- I mean, who knows if Gronk is going to come back? Yep. I mean, that's what I was I was saying last episode. I think Gronk's uh, poised to be one of those players that walks away from the game early. He dominated the game. It's it'd be no surprise if he comes back next year. Um, but yeah, you you could see Gronk leaving before Brady. Oh, for sure. Which is crazy. For sure. But another another big storyline coming out of the Super Bowl obviously is uh Malcolm Butler. Yep. The man played 97% of the de- defensive snaps this season for the Patriots. He played in every single game this season and has probably been their best defensive player, like individual defensive player for the past 3 years. And he's a Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Reports of him being sick, showing up a day after the team arrived in Minnesota. He didn't practice much, was kind of struggling in practice, and then Obviously, some rumored reports of curfew issues, uh, maybe some weed. Uh, apparently, he blew up on the coaches. He's going to be a free agent uh, coming up in the offseason. 
he came out with a statement earlier today. He he thanked the Patriots organization, the whole spiel, but he emphatically denied all the rumors regarding him and what happened during Super Bowl week. And if it comes out, in my opinion, that all of the reports were false, everything, all the curfew, the weed, everything, if it comes out that it's false, Bill Belichick, 100% blame for not playing him in this game. I mean, Bill Belichick's going to take the blame. He doesn't care. It's like, yeah, he's I'm the one that's at him. I mean, I don't think there's any – there's no arguing that. It was definitely Bill Belichick's fault he didn't play. Now it's just why – did he not play is the thing. It's hard to sift through all these accusations and, and all this. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick's a super unconventional coach. So, um, you know, he could have some just some weird feeling. Like you said, maybe it was just in practice, and he's just like, this is not what we need to win this one game. Bill Belichick takes all of his preparation one game at a time um, and does unconventional things and will use players that he's never used before, and he'll obviously sit players that he's – used for years now i mean if he saw malcolm butler was struggling in practice and like he's been sick and all of this stuff why wait until right before the national anthem to tell him he's not starting and then tell the guy who's starting in place of him once the national anthem is over okay you're starting uh probably just a decision that he made based on the psyche of the players i mean he probably just did he wants them to prepare in a normal fashion like they normally do. He doesn't want that, you know, to, to ruin their preparation. So they come into the game normally, and then he lets them know what's going on. So I, I don't agree with how he did it. I mean, obviously I was gonna say. obviously, as a person, I would want to know uh, if I wasn't going to play or not as soon as possible. But we don't know when he made the decision, and, you know, we don't know the psyche of the other guy that played for him. You know, maybe they had to wait. Maybe they didn't want that guy to be nervous or something like, you know. But I think it's hard I, to speculate in these kind of scenarios. I you think know what I mean? Being, Bill Belichick's so unpredictable coaching that it's just really hard to tell. I don't think Butler, you know, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, for the most part, I, I don't think he did anything crazy. But Bill Belichick is, takes it as a business. You know what I mean? These guys are pawns. I mean, that's a sad truth. Literally. Yeah, that's uh, uh, I think Brandon Brown used that words, but yeah, th- those are, those were the words he used. But yeah, pawns. That's what they are. He he's the chess player. And these are his pieces, and some pieces are worth more than the other. And it's unfortunate that that's the dynamic of the business, but that's how it is. And if he felt like he wanted to make that decision to sit him, and if he felt like he needed to wait till before the game, then that's his call as the head coach. Yeah, and he's you know he's been successful in the past to where. He gets to make choices like that. You know, first-year head coaches aren't doing that. No, not you at know, all. Sean McVay is not doing that. It's just – He's earned it Bill now, Belichick. though. He's but, earned it now, though. Yeah, and it's like, so. you know, sometimes this unconventional shit comes back to bite you. Um, I remember when uh, the, Jet, the they played the Jets, Patriots played the Jets in the regular season, and it was – game went to overtime, and Patriots won the coin toss, and they decided to start on defense and end up losing the game. Yeah, and it's like that was a, that was at a point in where it was first point wins. Everyone takes the ball at overtime, and he decided to overthink it, do something crafty coaching wise, and he ended up paying the price for it. And you know, people are going to speculate that that's what happened with Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I guess overall, it was a great Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl. Um, Shout out Doug Peterson. First Washington State-born person to win the Super Bowl as a coach. There you go. 
Um, it's it's just, he's he's also the first he's also the first person yeah, to beat Belichick, Belichick as, as a player, player and a coach. So it's safe to say he's got Belichick figured out. Yeah, he was a backup quarterback for the Browns in two thousand. And I, I tweeted it out right after the game. I even I I typed it out before the game was over. Yeah. And someone saw me type it out at the Super Bowl party I was at and said to me, "I hope you have to delete that." But I tweeted out Eli Manning, Nick Foles, name a more iconic duo. Hey, they they NFC West is or the the the, the NFC East is obviously uh, Brady's kryptonite. Yeah, they're doing something right. And uh, you know this Eagles team, congratulations! It's it's a weird it's a weird football team because you know when you look back at every team, you'd be like, oh, that was uh, that was Ray Lewis and the Ravens. That was Peyton Manning and the Colts. That was yada yada yada. I don't. I wonder. You know, ten years from now, fifteen, twenty years from now, who are the names that we say? Nick Foles. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, Nick Foles, but, you know, not a lot of people talk about Brad Johnson with the Buccaneers. You yeah, know, not no. a lot of people talk about Trent Dilfer and the Ravens. No, people um, people discredit Trent uh, now, Dilfer now, all the time. Now, although the, those guys had star-studded defenses, so those are the names that people yeah. remember, Nick Foles is not a, a, a huge name by any means. And not really – I mean, there's guys like J.J. and, and uh, – um, their receiver, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. They've done some really good things in this league. You know, people like Zach Alshon Hurst. Jeffrey called the Super Bowl last year that he was going to win it or that his team was going to win it. Yeah. He so just never specified which team because he was on uh, the Bears at the time. It's going to be interesting to see how this Eagles team is remembered because it's such an interesting thing that the one big name, Carson Wentz, went down, you know, with I a mean, good chunk of the regular season left, and then they still finished the regular season strong. They still won the playoff games, got the number one seed, and ended up winning the Super Bowl with, you know, basically a group of, like, solid football players with no huge household names. Yeah, I mean, it really it really all started – I think they're going to be remembered as under the underdogs because it all started with Chris Long and the, the dog mask. They're going to remember as the Eagles, and that's just a weird – that's a weird thing to think about because – I mean, Philly does have a really strong personality, and the underdog thing, it's not going to be a big name. Yeah. Big name deal. But, I mean, I remember we were sitting here when Carson Wentz went down after the Rams game. We, I don't Count think, him out. Yeah, I don't think either of us thought they were going to win another game that season, let alone a playoff game. I definitely – I just didn't think they were going to win, uh, you know. Well, at that week, the week that Wentz went down, I didn't think that they were going to win a playoff game. Yeah. But they proved us all wrong. No, great Super Bowl champs. Philly's a great sports Congrats city. to the city of Philly. Got a championship in all four, four major sports. Yeah, that they're now the fifth city with fifth city. Uh, L.A., New York, Boston, and Chicago. Yep. So it's just another city into the city of champions. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're and they just and they just got a they just Nova just won one two yeah. years ago. Yeah, you know they're they're killing. Yeah, and then real quick before we transition to the NBA, got a shout out uh, my Los Angeles Rams. Todd Gurley, Offensive Player of the Year. Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Year. Sean McVay, Coach of the Year. Great season for the Rams. Really excited for the future. Really weird award results. I mean, Rams had the Offense and Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And then the Saints have Rookie Offense and Rookie Defense of the Year. That's yeah, that's pretty crazy, too. So, look out for the Saints. Oh, yeah, the Saints are ready to roll. <laughs> But now we're done with football. Yeah, we're done with football. It's crazy. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you in the the late summer. Yeah, I mean, unless 
Maybe Obvious. we'll talk about the draft a little bit, but it's not yeah, who knows? Take a little break from football. Yeah, let's get let's into this. Just get all focus into, into the NBA it's now. All NBA now. Yep, definitely. So, like I, like I said earlier in the intro, the dunk contest and three point contest participants have been announced. For the dunk contest, we have Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers. We got Larry Nance Jr. of the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. of the Dallas Mavericks. And replacing Aaron Gordon, we got Donovan Mitchell. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. Nice. You're breaking the news to me. I'm, oh. I was sleeping on the dunk contest. Oh. Man, so, I was just on the All-Star website. That's yeah. Funny. So, um, yeah, Aaron Gordon, he's out with a hip injury, I yes, guess. Yeah. Uh, but they they announced the other day that – I was going to say it's going to be – the original matchup was going to be Biggs versus Littles, two, two little guys and two big guys. Yeah, but – so they got Donovan Mitchell in there now. Okay. So all right. So who do you who do you think is going to be the final two and ultimately the winner? Probably Donovan Mitchell and Larry Nance Jr. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. I got Larry Nance and Dennis Smith. See, I think Dennis Smith has the he has like the look, the aesthetic of a dunk because he's just so little, he's so explosive that it just yeah. like it looks good. And I think his creativity is going to go through the roof because yeah, he has a lot of time going on the way up. Yeah, but I think it's yeah, Dennis Smith and Larry Nance. I think uh, the Lake Show is bringing home the trophy. I, I also think Larry Nance is, is yeah, going to win. His dad's. I, I also think that he's going to bust out his dad's jersey. His. Uh, I his, think he's going to bust out his jersey and do the dunk. No, no, don't do the dunk. We can't afford that dunk. You need to bring something <laughs> more than that. This is 2018. <laughs> no, Larry, but I think Larry Nance is for sure going to pull out his dad's jersey. Oh yeah, I mean his dad won the first ever dunk contest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, if if Larry Nance doesn't make it to the final two, I think it's probably going to be Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell in the final so two. So you're not giving Oladipo a shot. No, I've seen what he can do in dunk contests before. I don't think it's anything that special. Uh, he's athletic. He's athletic, but. Dennis Smith. Donovan, good for Donovan Mitchell. So is he in the skills challenge too? I'm not sure. I think I think he might be. That, he, that that's cool. That he's good for a, him. That's cool that he's in the dunk contest. Donovan Mitchell is a baller. He he's here to stay. Yeah. And now the three point contest. We got Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets, Clay Thompson of the Wizards, Bradley Be- or Clay Thompson of the Warriors. Excuse me. Uh, Bradley Beal of the Wizards, Paul George of the Thunder. Kyle Lowry of the Raptors, Devin Booker of the Suns, Wayne Ellington of the Heat, and Tobias Harris of the Clippers. Okay. Who who do you got? All right. Well, I mean, I, I kind of broke it down into, like, my final four. Then my okay. Fo- okay. So, I think Eric Gordon, Clay Thompson, Wayne Ellington, and Devin Booker are going to get past the first round. Okay. Um, I think it ultimately is going to come down to Clay Thompson and, and Wayne Ellington. Ooh. But I got my boy, the Tar Heel, bringing it home. I'm going all. I'm going all my faves. Um, I'm playing the favorites. Wayne Ellington with the three point contest over Clay Thompson, um, and I got uh, Larry Nance, the Laker, in the dunk contest. There so. you go. Playing uh, the home. Playing the home teams. I don't like the scores in the three point contest. So I'm not sure. PG thirteen. Um, Bradley Beal. I think they're going to struggle. Tobias, I don't really see him. He's too big. I think his shot's too long. Yeah. No, um, it's funny. It's funny. I have, Eric Gordon's shot is built for the three-point contest. He won it last year. Yeah, that's. I mean, he his his shot's like built for it. So I definitely think he's getting out of round one. Yeah. See, I think my final four would be Clay Thompson, Eric Gordon, 
Wayne Ellington and Kyle Lowry is like a sneak in. Kyle Lowry's, he, yeah, he, and I didn't even put him with the scores because I think he does have a good shot, but I think Devin Booker is, is a little better. Yeah, but I, I have Clay Thompson winning. He's probably he's, – yeah, he's too good. He's Yeah. He's too good. But, yeah, I got Clay and Wayne. I think Wayne's going to take it. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Wayne Ellington get in there. Yeah, no, I mean, All-Star Weekend is going to be a blast. Yeah. It's, I mean, the Rising Stars game is going to be so much fun to watch. You get to see the future of the NBA. The Rising Stars game is one of the coolest things about all, the All-Star Weekend now. The last two years have been unbelievably stacked with talent. Oh, on, yeah. And the world side is just looks nice. Yeah, and now that now that they do it, like a mixture of the fresh, like the rookies and sophomores. No, yeah, absolutely. And it's better just, than the rookie game. Yeah. Um, it's better than the rookie-sophomore game. Um, mixing it up, going USA and world, it just shows – also shows the balance in which you know these kids over in Europe are just as talented. Oh yeah, um, it's a it's a good game. We got three Lakers on the USA team. Oh yeah. Um, hopefully Lonzo doesn't play. Oh, he you don't want him. to I'd play? rather him not play in in this kind of game, just because I think his development is so crucial to Lakers franchise. This game doesn't mean anything, even though I know it does mean something in the sense that like you want to get out there and play, and I'd love to see him out there and playing, but I'd rather him take his time and recover. The only reason I would say for him to play was exactly like an easy transition. Yeah, it gets him back into the flow. It's a good yeah, yeah, it's a good way. That. It's like it's kind of it's kind of a pick up pick up game, but it's still NBA talent, NBA oh, level. Yeah, ultimately like a very very like an extremely <laughs> high skilled pick up yeah. game like Yeah. As skilled as you're going to get. Yeah, so I think like it could be good for him to like kind of like get back into game shape. I, I don't think know. Kuzma's going to win MVP. That I think, would be awesome. I think Kuzma's going to be super aggressive. He's already – He's just going to gun him. It's already been in his personality through the summer league and, and you know, the and the preseason and the, and the regular season. So, I see him going out there and really trying to show out against the world. Yeah, um, it's going to be a lot of ben fun to Simmons watch. Ben Simmons is over there and Kristaps and, uh, and, Mar- and Jokic and all those guys are all across. Frank. Yeah. Um, I, I think Frank's – it will be good to see – uh, Frank out there for everybody to see him play. Yeah, because he is a really, ta- really talented player. Um, I just don't think he's gotten a ton of, ton of spotlight yet, and he's still really raw. Yeah, but I got Kyle Kuzma MVP. MVP of uh, the Rising the, Stars. The game. Rising Stars game. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that too. Why not, Kyle yeah. Kuzma? Get out there and get some buckets. Yeah. Um, also, we have, like we just talked about, the skills challenge, three point contest, dunk contest. Everybody loves All Star Saturday Night. Yeah, one of the best. So good, it's so good. I mean, the NBA is just such a great league. <laughs> they just run it so well. I wish they had the competition that the NFL has as far yeah. as like the balance of teams. But God, the NBA is just ran to perfection in my eyes. Once once they drop this age limit bullshit, the NBA is going <laughs> to be the perfect league. They got rap concerts at the All Star Game. You got celebrities on deck crowding the floor when they're dunking. Oh yeah, you know it's like they're in the park. You know people are up on the stadium. Yeah, or up on the floor. It's like you um, see those old uh, vintage videos of like Rucker, Rucker Park. park yeah, just being that's what it's like. To the that's, brim. that's that's absolutely what it's like. It's gonna be awesome. And it's in L.A., man. What could be better? It is in L.A. You seen the price of those tickets? God oh, damn, they're stupid expensive. Yes, that's, that's Ty- depressing. Like. I want to say maybe like a month or two ago, Tyler and I were looking at All-Star yeah. Weekend tickets, and then we saw that they were over $1,500. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough 
just e- even to go to the dunk contest is yeah. that that much, and, and that's one event. You, the, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. If you get a ticket for the dunk contest, you day. go for it, you go for the entire. It's, yeah, see, that's crazy. It's a it's a ticket for Saturday night. Thank God. Well, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, the, no, game, the, sun, the game is insane. I mean, the game is basically all the hundred section is all celebrities. Oh, celebrities! <laughs> out here, yeah, out here in LA, it's just like it's the it's the one percent or the or the super famous. You know, you know what game I really wish they would televise this year? The the celebrity game? Well, no, they televise the celebrity game that the NBA puts on. But I want to see the Two Chains versus Snoop Dogg celebrity game where oh, they yeah. just get all the rappers yeah, see, that can a, hoop. Yeah, they should be. Uh, tell tell Ice Cube to get a hold of those guys and <laughs> promote that shit. Oh, to get the big three involved? That's what I mean, the big three celebrity game? That'd be nuts. Yeah, fuck hey, it. tweet they, them out right now. They could do it. So we also, with the tra- with uh, NBA All-Star Weekend coming up, obviously we got the trade deadline a little bit closer. And trade deadline is coming up this coming Thursday. So since the Blake Griffin trade, there hasn't really been much action on the trade front. But since then, the Pelicans traded Omer Oshik. Tony Allen and Jameer Nelson, along with a protected 2018 first-round pick to the Bulls for Nikola Mirotic, a second-round pick, and the rights to trade second-round picks in the 2021 draft. The Chicago Tribune is reporting that the Thunder have expressed interest in Tony Allen from the Bulls, and uh, Omar Oshik and Jameer Nelson will probably be seeing the bench for the foreseeable future. It's too bad Jameer Nelson was having a good season. Yeah, he was having a good season. But he, he might he might play a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Ashik is back where he started. Yeah, that's crazy. Ashik's uh man, I feel bad for that guy's career. <laughs> that guy's had such a tough like go of it, just being backup after backup after backup. Yeah, he was in Houston and then they brought in Dwight Howard. And then he went to New Orleans. Then he went to New Orleans and they they bring in DeMarcus Cousins. Yep, and when they were in when he was in Chicago, there was Joe Kim. Oh yeah. And, I mean, he's been paid a couple times, so I really don't feel bad for him. <laughs> but it's like, damn, that guy can't catch a break. And now he's just like. But that's that's the way it goes. I mean. No, that is. And, and centers, like, you can sit a center for a couple of years and forget about him. They'll reassert, you know. Dude. They're, okay. They play off the size. Omeka Okafor just signed a 10-day contract and played in his first NBA game in five years. You're fucking with me. I'm not. I'm not. Omeka Okafor is. Look it up, dude. Oh my god! That's Look amazing. it up that's right amazing. now. That is amazing. <laughs> I swear to God, I was just talking about Mecca Okafor. I think it was with Brett, and uh, we were looking at jerseys, and we found some UK, uh, some Charlotte Bobcat jerseys. Oh, and he's the, just like the number fifty. He's just like I thought. Sh- I, I forgot Okafor existed. I was just like, dude, dude I'm me telling too. you, he's just badass. I can't remember okay. what team, but he just signed a ten day and just played it in his first NBA game in like five years. Um, no. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, another trade that happened. That, the, uh, well, hold on. Before we move on, that trade was so good for the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. To get a player like Mirachik and, and to, to, to try and save your season. Yeah, to try and save your season, get draft picks and dump. I mean, Tony Allen, Jameer Nelson, and Sheik, what's their combined age? Like 100? Well, forget their age, but, I mean, that, those contracts, I'm sure, were pretty bad as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a. It, Great move by New Orleans. Yeah, they're really trying to make this make this work down there. 
with uh, a twin tower system. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you need two guys, and, and they def- they were already. I mean, Ashik was barely playing, not even a minute a game, so they weren't trying to start him. No, obviously, so they needed to bring in someone and to dump those three players and get a Miracic and a pick, uh, two picks. It's a uh, it's a great move by New Orleans. Yeah, and then the other trade that happened is the Brooklyn Nets traded Tyler Zeller to the Bucks. For Rashad Vaughn and a protected 2018 second round pick. Good move. I mean, new coach obviously needs some. You, you want some center size. And, um, they have a lot of size, but not at center. Yeah. So I mean, John Henson's an under under uh, size guy. Yeah, and I mean Tyler Zeller that that gives him a pretty solid backup center. Absolutely. I think I think he's a very serviceable backup center. Yeah. And now we got Henson and Zeller. We got the boys back together. <laughs> the, the Tar Heels. Yep. Um, and man, then, shout out, man! That's that team is just doing it right now. <laughs> you just love giving the Tar Heels so much love. Absolutely, because with all this bullshit about Duke and Kentucky having the best NBA players, it's it's all no, about the Tar Heels. No, we all know UCLA has the best. NBA I'll go players. with UCLA players all day over Duke players, <laughs> no doubt. Um, some other news: um, the Hawks are exploring Marco Bellinelli trade options. He, they're sitting him out tonight of the game that they're playing. So the Spurs will probably give them a third-round draft pick and they'll end up getting Bellinelli. <laughs> Bring Bellinelli back to San Antonio. Yeah. Um, the Grizzlies' Tyreek Evans, according to Zach Lowe from ESPN, he's getting interest from – Tyreek, I had him in my top ten. Yeah, the uh, Celtics, the Nuggets, and the 76ers. I'm ready for him. He's playing good right now. He needs to find a home. Tyreek can play. They've held him out since January 31st. Oh, my God, that's terrible. I hate that. Um, I hope he really gets on a good spot, gets on a good team. Yeah, no, I mean – I want to see him in the playoffs, you know. I mean, the Celtics are looking at him. The 76ers are looking at him. The Nuggets are looking at him. The Nuggets are the Nuggets would be, seed. I mean, the Nuggets are an interesting team because the guards that they do have are, are shooters, scorers, and he's more of a basketball player, do-all kind of guy. Yeah. And then the Wizards, they've talked to the Clippers about a potential Marcin Gortat-DeAndre Jordan swap, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, apparently there's been some drama between Gortat and a couple teammates. Uh, he uh, Gortat tweeted out, the other night, unbelievable win tonight, great, air quotes, team victory. And then earlier today on Tuesday, <laughs> John Wall uh, was on ESPN, and he was quoted as saying, uh, talking about Marcin Gortat, uh, he get quote, he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever, quote. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. Even if Gortat didn't mean – to like take a shot at John Wall, which he probably did. It's like that's just not a smart way to do it. No, and now you're getting. But it's like shit. you should be able to say great team victory without taking a shot at your star player. But that's how it works with these guys. Yeah, these egos, man. Social media era. Yeah, and then also the Cavs apparently are not completely out of the DeAndre Jordan sweepstakes, but Adrian Wojnarowski says the Cavs most likely won't make a blockbuster move. There were some rumblings about a potential Kemba IT swap that included the Brooklyn pick that Cleveland has. Maybe that happens out of nowhere. I don't know. But the biggest news with the Cavs that came out today was Bleacher Report came out with a report that in that Cavs team meeting a few weeks ago, LeBron cussed out two front office executives. Apparently over the summer he tried to convince the front office that he'd be able to persuade Kyrie to stay, 
He wasn't told Kyrie was, was going to be traded until after the trade was already done, and he currently isn't speaking to anybody from the front office. And Dan Gilbert came out and said he want, LeBron's toxic for the Cavs and that they're assuming that he wants him out. Yeah, and I mean, he. it also came out today that LeBron's not going to waive his no-trade clause if they try and trade him this season. It, they're just falling no, apart. No, because his best shot to win is in Cleveland this year. Yeah. And when in one year since, that's his, his, his really his only shot. Yeah. But, but I mean, they're in six. The Cavs in the East is a, now. The Cavs are a mess. I mean, they. I'm surprised they haven't made a move yet. I, I'm sure they have been trying. They just haven't gotten the right one. But they're a mess. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy that all of this is happening basically all over again. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just a, it's a drama machine over there. It's just too much going on with LeBron. He's got too much. It's not too much power because I mean he he is the best player in the world, but it's just not working. So the, it's a it's a rude, broken relationship between owners and management and LeBron. You know? Yeah, and uh, and it hasn't been the same since Kyrie. No, not at all. That's that's when all of this started, uh, whether we all knew it or not. Um, yeah, that's when it started. Yeah, and uh, David Griffin, the former GM, who uh, LeBron James had a pretty good relationship with. And mo- most of the players, I feel like, had a good relationship with them from everything that I read. He came out the other day on, I believe it was NBA TV, and he was talking about how some of those contracts that they signed players to because LeBron basically yeah. told them to yeah. were made without any regard for future consequences That's in terms of salary cap issues. Because they were trying to win now. Yeah. They're they, a year-by-year year team. Yeah. That's, so. that's what the – that's how the Lakers got all fucked up. I mean, at, oh, the, at, at the end, we were 100%. a year-by-year year team. We are trying to put it together year-by-year. Year. We weren't building for any sort of future. Yeah. And that's what the Cavs has done. And, and, it, and it catches up with you eventually because you can't keep messing with the uh, – there's no there's no spark. There's no energy. There's no progression. And unless you have a lot of chemistry because you have a lot of vets playing together, it's not really going to work out. Yeah. You know, like, like the Celtics, when they put together their team, um, they had good – chemistry year one because they all bought into the system they had players like rondo and kendrick who were young still had something to prove energetic players so oh yeah it's it's putting together a team year by year to win a championship this year that that's why tristan thompson's contract looks terrible jimon shumpert jimon shumpert jr smith all these guys it's because lebron wanted them that year to win that championship and now we're two years later yeah and it's not working yeah. I mean, it was working. Yeah, it was working fine when yeah. they won the title. Yeah, I mean, they've been the three straight finals. It was working. <laughs> it's just right now it's 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 looked it's looked like it's hit it's looked like it's hit a low since LeBron's been back. Yeah. But all this talk about the Cavs now leads us into what happened with the Lakers today. And just to let some people know where the Lakers are at, they've won 10 out of their last 14 games. Lonzo's missed the last 10 games. Um, This is their best stretch in terms of winning percentage since 2013. So that's pretty big. But a huge article came out today on ESPN written by Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski. They reported that the Lakers are now going to shift their focus to the summer of 2019. Now, they're not giving up. This summer, no, they're not. They're, they're not giving focus. Yeah, they're not giving up on this summer, 
but they're beginning to realize the reality of landing a superstar or two this summer isn't as great as they once thought. No. Um, it's also said that it's 50-50, the Lakers trade Clarkson or Randall. Now, Randall will be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Clarkson is owed $25.9 million over the next two seasons. Uh, the Lakers have listened to offers or explored trades for both of those players, but... They're not getting the right price. Right. Now, the trades that they've explored and have been inquired about included first or second round picks, but none of those deals would save significant cap space for the future, thereby negating the initial reason for exploring the trades for these guys. And with trades, now they can focus on clearing up cap space for that next year, not this, this coming year. Exactly. They obviously, you know... They got I, I I like this is an interesting thing for Lakers fans because this is kind of like take it how you want is this a good thing is this a bad thing Well, so players like Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, and Kawhi Leonard are probably the marquee names. Yeah, are probably the marquee names for the free agent class in 2019. And at first, when this was reported, it really upset me because I'm a huge fan of underpromising and overdelivering. And Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka did the complete opposite of that when they would discuss this coming summer when they took over the Lakers. Like, they were over-promising out the wazoo. Yeah, because they were new. They were new in town. But the more I think about it, I'm beginning to really like this idea. I I mean, the good thing, the plus side, the, the positive thing I take out of it is that we, like, feel comfortable with the guys. That we have now, we're we're all right with the young talent we have now. Um, we we feel like we can be competitive with this team. We don't have to like buy ourselves a new team or trade away everything this year. We can wait it out, and we can wait for the right piece. You know what I mean? We have a good core as far as like a Kuzma, Alonzo, and a Brandon Ingram, or you know, add in whoever else you want. You know, a Nance, Randall, Clarkson, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Oh, we have all these good pieces right now. So, you know, we need to wait it out and find the right fit. Don't force anything. Don't bring anything in on a whim. Really, you know, premeditate everything. And Which and is what the last regime t- tried doing when it came to names like LaMarcus Aldridge. And that's and that's what uh, and that's what Golden State did. I mean, they took, you know, they took their time like they had drafted Harrison Barnes in the, with the, with the third pick in the draft and then and then they started him for a year. Then they signed Andre Iguodala. He started for a while. Then they brought him back to the bench, you know. And then they ultimately get Durant. Um, but they trusted their development of their young core. Um, and I think it's a cop, you know, copycat is copycat league like most yeah. pro sports. And so, um, I th- and I think the Lakers are already off to a good start. They're doing what Cleveland's not doing, and they're doing what LA used to not do. Is they're building for the future with their young draft picks. Yeah, so so that could be the good part. I mean, the bad part means it's like maybe they just can't a- attract a free agent. Yeah, but I mean, really, the big thing is I hope we're not putting our money for Clay. Honestly, though, why? I just don't think Clay is leaving. I mean, I don't understand why he would leave. I, um, and then also Jimmy Butler. I think with Minnesota playing so well, I think I don't really see, especially if Minnesota makes like a conference finals push next year. Well, what I heard, what I heard was he's playing with Thibodeau still. You know, what what I heard was is Jimmy Butler and Mark Wahlberg are very close, and Jimmy Butler wants to get into Hollywood. Now, yeah. that's the same argument that could be used for insert player. These guys here. aren't like you know you and me, where you gotta live in Hollywood to get into Hollywood. I mean, yeah. LeBron James is in Hollywood. 
Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You don't have to live in you don't have to live in LA. It, they they have to be here in the off season anyways. So it's like Jimmy Butler can get a house in fucking Burbank if he wants. You know, it's not hard. Yeah. But uh yeah, I I hope that those aren't the guys that we're holding out for. Kawhi'd be cool. I don't know. Maybe Kawhi wants to be his own player, but I would more like us to build with what we got and if the right big guy comes through, the right trade, the right um the right free agent, then go with it. Uh, but we have a bunch of good young pieces right now. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the pieces that we have are, they've, I mean, they've really exceeded a lot of expectations. And, and next I year I, we'll have another, like, we'll be able to do another, like, KCP thing where we just play some guy one year's money. Because I think KCP is going to be gone after this year. Oh, he's for sure going to be gone. So he was just a rental because we originally thought we were going to go out hard in this free agent um, period but yeah so i mean they're not giving up on this summer no but i think they're looking at it a little bit more realistically i, I hope I, yeah and i hope that that's what they're doing i hope they're trying to take a patient um approach to it because of the success that the young guys have had yeah no 100 percent. the team's ready to go we're, yeah i don't think i mean all of a sudden i don't think we're two guys away you know i, I think i think with the progression of our guys we're one player away yeah i mean we, they just have to keep going on this track Especially if it's a two guard or a center. Yeah, if it's a two guard or a center, one of those two guys, like it, I, you know, I hope that those are the positions. I mean, those are on. really those are it really does, the pieces that we're it missing. Doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it, outside of like LeBron or Paul George, it really doesn't make sense to bring in a forward type of player. Right. I mean, the two guard and the center are really what we're missing. Yeah. We have Lonzo yeah. as the point guard. We have Brandon Ingram who can do three, Bro, four. Ingram and Kuzma are the forwards. We have yeah. plenty of we, well, and, and, you and we have throw Randall of, in that too. No, that's going to say, and we have plenty of other guys like Clarkson. And Randall and Nance, yeah, and then and then um, you know Josh Hart's developed into a rotational player. Zubac Zubac could eventually be a rotational player as like a I, solid backup I, center. I think the Zubac experiment is over. I mean, I, I think he he could be a backup center. He's still so young. Yeah, I, I, we just haven't seen him. Like he he's just not getting. Burned. Well, I mean, bro, I mean, right now we don't need him. Yeah, it's, it's just with Randall and Nance. I think he's the odd man out. Oh, for sure he's the you know, man With Randall now. stepping up into the starting position like he has and having Kuzma blow up and and uh, um, Nance is still solid and, and Brooke plays so well that fuck it. Yeah. So some other news coming out of Lakerland. The Lakers were fined $50,000 for tampering once again. They were fined $500,000 earlier for stuff Magic Johnson said on the Jimmy Kimmel show. <laughs> Or Jimmy Fallon, I can't remember which. Yeah, Magic's Magic's in that upper echelon of stardom to where I I think sometimes he forgets that he's not invincible. Yeah, uh, but this fine stems from Magic Johnson once again opening his mouth and talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he now he was asked about comparisons between himself and Giannis, and I have I, ha- I have the full quote to read. So it's, quote, oh, yeah, with his ball handling skills and his passing ability, he plays above the rim. I, I never could do that. But in his understanding of the game, his basketball IQ, his creativity of shots for his teammates, that's where we have the same thing. He also said he's special, a man that can handle the basketball like he can and be great. He's probably the greatest a- athlete we have in the league today. And then his understanding, his basketball IQ is off the chart. He not only can score for himself, 
but also he can pass the basketball like a point guard. So when you think about all the skills that he has, block shots, rebounds, can put the ball on the floor, can score, can assist, can make the pass. We've never had anybody in the league like him. And also, too, he's like the number one. He's right up with LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry as the entertainer. He's an entertainer, so people will go see him. He also said that he will probably one day be an MVP. He will one day probably bring a championship to Milwaukee and put Milwaukee on the map. Not once did he mention the Lakers at all. This is absolutely absurd. The The Lakers and Magic Johnson need to appeal this fine. It's I don't understand how this is tampering. Yeah, well, I mean, just because he's – I guess they see it as campaigning to play for Magic Johnson, but I don't think that's what it – I don't think that was necessarily the intention, but I, I mean, I don't so, know. It's just weird. It's a weird thing to talk about other players that aren't in like that, you know. So from from what every from everything I read and heard earlier today about this fine when the news broke, is there's a rule in the NBA Constitution where other teams, coaches, executives, and all of that cannot talk about another team's player. But at the same time, the media asks coaches and executives all the time if, let's say – Like a game plan. Like, the, hey, you're yeah, playing like, Milwaukee tomorrow night. What are you going to do against – Yeah, like what do you think? What Giannis. do you think of Giannis? What do you think of Giannis as a yeah, player? Yeah, with social media and just the freedom of – you know, the, the freedom of speech. And, and just, you <laughs> so know, simple, the freedom of speech. But, but, it, but we, there's just so many outlets to get your opinion out on. And there's so many chances for you to say the wrong thing that I don't know. That's that that is a tough fine to take. It sucks that the Lakers have to pay that, but I mean, it just does. I guess play. that's just the rules. You know, you can't talk about other guys. You can't talk negatively to try and affect their stock with another team. You know, if if say like KCP left and he bashes them, it's like what you know. All the people that are friends with Magic Johnson are going to think what he thinks. Um, is he campaigning to try and get Giannis to to but come he, play for him? He literally said he will probably. Like, he literally said he will bring a championship to Milwaukee. Yeah, he didn't even. Not once were the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, which the is city weird of because Los it's Angeles, like, anything which about is weird LA because mentioned. he's managing the Lakers in the same era. So it's like all he was was asked to compare himself to Giannis yeah. himself as an NBA, a former NBA player. Yeah, no, that's tough. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. That's a that's a tough find to eat. But yeah, I guess I just don't know the rules that well. Uh, they must have just saw it as like campaigning. I guess I don't know, but I don't know. I that was just something. That yeah, because really I mean, you're right. Me like, where, where's the where's the line? You know? Yeah, where's exactly. the line? And I'm talking about, but now I understand the the first it like five hundred thousand dollars in which he did it. He was asked by an ESPN reporter. Yeah, see, that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a reason why they could do this, but it just doesn't really make sense. Like this, like this whole Lakers and tampering thing is turning into like the NFL, like in the No Fun League, going after teams and yeah. all of that. Yeah, no, they there there just has to be clear lines. Yeah. You know, like, is there certain media events I can talk about other players and then I can't talk about them at all? Or like, or, a, ti- or like a time period yeah, of, like, that, when you can and yeah, when you yeah, can't. Yeah, they're blackout dates. Like, what is this, you know? <laughs> blackout dates. <laughs> no Giannis talk. But now we're going to conclude 
our five-part series where we've ranked the top ten active uh, players at each position in the NBA. Yeah, this has been awesome. I love I love doing this. Kind yeah, of stuff. no, it's been a lot of fun. And, and it always when you you know it's always it's always interesting once you get it on paper to see where you guys really where you really fall out. Are you playing favorites? Are, are guys' stats influencing you? You know. Oh yeah, it's interesting to see. So, do you want to start ten to one, or you want to go one to ten? Yeah, I think we should. Um, this is interesting. I mean, because I'd like. I think we should start with one. All right. We'll start, you know, because we'll talk about talk about them on the better side, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, number one, I think we got the save. I'm starting out with Boogie Cousins. Yes, yeah. number one, even though he's hurt. He's uh, uh, he's the only star in the NBA in the top ten in points per game and minutes per game, tied for tied for second in the NBA in double doubles, averaging twenty five, thirteen, and a block and a half. 5.4 assists per game. He's shooting 47% from the field, 35% from the three-point line. As a center, he shoots almost 75% from the free-throw line. He was playing 36 minutes a game. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate it's all for not this year being yeah. know, being injured. But DeMarcus Cousins truly is the most talented big guy. I don't think there's any denying it now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 27. He's 6'11". He's in his ninth year in the league. He's, prob- he's the most dominant big man I think in the NBA right now. Yeah, he's he's the big he's the biggest guy on the list too. Two seventy. Yeah, he's that's a, barbecue chicken. He's a big boy. Yeah, that's that's. So yeah, Boogie Cousins number one. Um, coming to number two, I think we have got the same guy as well, Carl Anthony Towns. Yep, Carl Anthony Towns. He's twenty two, seven footer, third year in the league. The he did he did win Rookie of the Year. He leads. He leads the end, he leads the league in double doubles and he leads the lead it by nine double doubles. He has nine more than second place. He's got forty seven double doubles in fifty six games. Wow. That's so, imp- that's impressive. Yeah, he's uh needless to say. And and, and they're playing really well. Thirty four and twenty two for the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Yeah, now. he's averaging so. he's he's basically averaging twenty points a game, twelve rebounds, one and a half blocks per game. He shoots forty one point one percent from the three point line. That's yeah. a big man. Yeah, I mean, and like he can average more than twenty points a game he, easily. Uh, uh, he's doing that because he plays for Tom Thibodeau, and he's and he's bought into the system, and he's playing with other talented guys. Oh, for sure. Um, so number three, I think, is when it gets all mixed up. But uh, I'll start it out with Joel Embiid. The process, not number yet. Three. Not yet. Um, as far as talent goes, he could be number one. Um, not Phil- yet. Phillies, Phillies, twenty-five and twenty-five. Eighth in the East, they're still hanging on, averaging 23 a game, 11 rebounds, um, 25 double doubles. He's uh, top top 10 in rebounds and blocks. Um, 23 years old. I mean, people know Joel Embiid. Uh, he's a massive person, super oh, super skilled. Huge. All the, I mean, these first three guys, they can all shoot the rock. You see the future, the um, the the future of the position. So, I'm going with the process, the Philadelphia 76er. So, for number three, uh, I have to give it to Andre Drummond. Uh, He's 24 years old. He's 6'11". He's in his sixth year in the league. This year, he's averaging 15 and 15. Only 24. People, I think people think he's like putting him in an older generation. Because he looks really old. Well, and he only played one year at college. Yeah. So, he's only 24. He, he's, (laughs) he shoots 61% from the free throw line. He shoots 55% from the field. (laughs) One and a half blocks per game. He's having a monster year. I mean, he just, fifteen and fifteen is just a yeah, crazy number for a center. 
I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he has the most 2020 games this season in the league. Yeah, probably leading the league in rebounds. I mean, just is is a dominant rebounder. Seems like he gets 20 every night. I'm actually yeah. surprised it's not higher. But yeah, you could see him sneak up on those Dennis Rodman type of rebounding numbers. Exactly. Eventually. It's a and I and I mean he's he's going into number four. He um, Drummond's my number four. And uh, I'm just super excited to see him play with Blake Griffin. I love watching those guys play. I was super stoked last week hearing about the news. Um, bad boys are back. <laughs> They're one player away. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get. I, I really hope that, like, I like Reggie Jackson as um, their point guard because he's a nitty-gritty, you know, in yeah. your face kind of guy. But it'd be nice to see if they could get one of those guys, like a Kemba Walker or Kyle Lowry. Ooh, that'd be interesting. You know, get one of those guys in there to be the Chauncey Billups, that, you know, the Isaiah Thomas of these bad boys. Because they don't need a guy that scores 24. You know what I mean? They need a guy to lead the team, maybe like 17, 18 points a game, like seven assists, and, and they're ready to go. Yeah, no, definitely. But, I mean, it's going to be exciting to watch Andre Drummond and the rest of his career. Yeah, I think yeah. I think one day he could be the the best center in the league, but he's going to have to develop a shot. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's the thing is that he'll always be in the league with Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns and, yep. and some of these other guys, but he's a different player than those guys. He's a throwback center. Yeah, he's um, a, he's an old there's school o- center. But there's always a place for that, and when you're being coached by Stan Van Gundy, who is, that's perfect. Who is an old school coach, um, and then you bring in a guy like Blake Griffin, who's already played with the true center. It's perfect. I think uh, the sky's the limits for him. He's going to be a, he's going to be a top five center for a long time. Oh, for sure. Who you got at number four? Andre Drummond. Oh, Andre yeah, Drummond. Yeah, okay. yeah, moving in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, for my number four, I got Rudy Gobert. Okay. All right. You got respect for the defense. I love Rudy Gobert. Ru- Rudy Go. I have Rudy Gobert much much lower on my list. Um, mainly because he was only played 27 games. Yeah, he's been hurt this year. He's been hurt this year, but he is only 25. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's seven one, and his arms, his his wingspan is probably 13 feet. The, the his two point, uh, if he has played more games, his 2.4 blocks per game would lead the NBA. Yeah, I mean he. For so his, he's just not eligible right now to be the technical leader. But exactly, he, he, he is there per game. Yeah. I mean, for his career, he's at 9.5 points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game. Those yeah. are a little low, but, I mean. But he also, he also sat two years. Exactly. I mean, he was a young, uh, exactly. young project player from France. He wasn't, he wasn't, this is not who they thought they were getting. No. I mean, this is much, much better. No. First team all defense, didn't win the defensive player of the year award, but was top three candidate. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have a long career in the nba nice but similar to andre drummond he's got to develop that shot yeah yeah which i just you know i don't think i just don't see it in their those guys's games but i don't it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's not going to happen it's just they have such dominant underneath the hoop restricted area presence exactly why leave that area and they also play it they both play in the perfect systems i mean that's why they thrive um with quite uh, with Quinn Snyder in Utah and that slow down possession basketball, that's where Rudy Gobert's going to dominate. But yeah. Rudy Gobert number four, uh, yeah, that's uh that's high, that's high. All right, well, Moon number five, I got uh, I got Bam Bam, I got DeAndre Jordan. No, um, lower. I got, I got lower. eleven points a game, fourteen rebounds, is second in the NBA. 
He shoots 60, 65% from the field, 27 double-doubles, second rebound, second field goal percentage, two-time All-NBA first-team defender. Um, right now he's in a really hard spot. It, it's His situation kind of sucks. I, I feel bad. I mean, yeah, he did do Dallas dirty, but at the same time, I really think Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin really talked him out of oh, Dallas. Oh, for sure they did. And for them to both be gone and thriving is, is really shitty to leave him on the Clippers of all teams. Um, so I'm excited to see where DeAndre goes next. I'll be I'll be pumped wherever he goes. I think he's going to help whatever team he goes to. Um, and I think he's a, he's a top five center. No, this is I, the, I can't put. No, this is. I'm glad we got. I'm glad we got some uh, some some differences because most of our lists have been pretty close. Um, yeah, they have been. Pretty and I have close. Rudy Gobert much much lower. So and I and I have DeAndre Jordan much much lower. So all right. Um, well, who, who but my number back? five is. I w- I don't want to say it's like a pity number five, but I mean. Marcus Saul is a top five center in the NBA still, in my opinion. Oh, I got Marcus Saul on my list. He's top five, but I got I got I think, on there. I I think Marcus Saul. Oh, he's the top ten center. I yeah, mean, he's he's thirty three. He's, he's, he's the bully on the block. He's the oldest guy on the. He's yeah. the oldest guy on the list. He's huge. He's, he's a defensive player of the year. A four two thousand thirteen defensive player of the year. He's, he's still doing his thing. Yeah, he he's averaging eighteen points, eight point six rebounds per game, one and a half blocks per game. He shoots 41% from the field, 33% from the three-point line, and 84% from the free-throw line. See, and I think his field goal percentage, what what'd you, what'd you say it was? 41. 41. See, I think it's a little low because he is the only guy on offense to guard now. I mean, exactly. especially with Conley out. But even with Conley, you know, he's always had Zebo, yeah. um, who, who normally would take a lot of double teams or they would trap him down low. Um but Marcus Saul is getting doubled on the block every single time he touches the ball now. Yeah, um, even on the high post, he's going to get doubled. So I think his field goal percentage is taking a dip because of that. I think I think just longevity wise, Marcus Saul has had an incredible career, and I, I still got to put him in the top five, based off of who I have later and where they're at in their career. I just haven't seen enough to yeah. put them. Yeah, over no, the, over. no. He's been doing. He's been doing it. He's uh, he's the bully though. I, lo- I like Marcus All. Yeah. So uh, moving into number six, um, the one time, one time he was the best big guy in the league, four time All NBA first times, uh, first team, three time Defensive Player of the Year, tied for the mo- third most in NBA history. He's played in all fifty three games, which is the most important stat for this guy, and that's Dwight Howard. 34 double-doubles, fifth in the NBA. Play, and I'm going to say it again, played in all 53 games. He's 32 years old. Um, he's averaging 16, 12 and a half rebounds, um, 1.7 blocks, shooting 55% from the field, playing 31 minutes a game. Uh, it's great. I, I, I'm a Dwight Howard fan. Uh, there's been times where I didn't like what he's done because he's kind of in that LeBron um, era of kind of like oxy like prima donna type yeah. of celebrities i guess he's never really been taken seriously exactly but this guy's decorated and uh he is decorated and he's and he's uh he's having a really really good year this year so my number six is joel Embiid. okay and the only reason i can't put him in the top five yet is just haven't seen enough of him yet yeah it's his second technically third year in the league well, it's technically his fourth year in the league. Oh, yeah, fourth year. Excuse me. Yeah. That's right, because he missed two years. He missed two years. So. Um, 
But, I mean, 23.6 points per game this season, 11 rebounds per game, 1.8 blocks per game. He's the – he will be the best center in the league probably in the next five years. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. I think – well, I mean, not easy. That's not that's not the right word. Uh, he stays healthy. He's going to be the best big guy yeah. in the league. And now to transition into number seven, I have Dwight Howard. Okay. Dwight, yeah, Dwight, man, he, he, I, I love what he's doing this year. Uh, at number seven, I got Marcus All. Okay. Yep, All so, right. Yeah, I got I got the bully, the old guy. Uh, yeah, six. You and got seven. the two the two old guys at six and seven. Yeah, thirty two and thirty three respectfully, but still doing their thing. I like it. Real quick, Dwight Howard, a Hall of Famer. Yes. Okay. No doubt about it. If you if there's a point where you're the best player at your position in the NBA, you know that's like. For a, for, a, for a stretch of time. For a stretch of time, he was the best center oh, in the NBA. I, for five, six years, he was. So, uh, and, I mean, number one pick, you know, NBA Finals appearances. One. All, all that. So, hey, he did it, though. Yeah. He did not do it. And then number eight, I have DeAndre Jordan. I can't put him in the top five. Yeah. Can't put him anywhere near the top three. Can't even put him in the top seven. No, do, do I think I am a – I'm a huge DeAndre Jordan hater. Yeah, he's man. yeah. I love DeAndre, but I can't deny the fact that he is still a top ten NBA center. Yeah, but which is said something. This I think he, I think DeAndre talented. Jordan is one of the biggest one trick ponies in the NBA. All he does is dunk and rebound and rebound and block shots and block shots. So that's I guess good for three trick pony. That's pretty good I guess for three trick NBA pony. center. But I just. He doesn't create for he doesn't create offense for himself. Exactly. That's not, that's the thing that like you know guys like guys like Marcus Saul, guys like Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, even Dwight Howard. You know they can, it, but I mean for a long time that was the knock is that he couldn't create shots for himself. I mean he would just muscle guys up. Um, I mean which I guess is in a sense, but in a, shot, a sense but, that yeah, but. DeAndre Jordan doesn't do that. He needed he's, Chris Paul to throw lobs to him. Yeah, to no, get he's, his, extreme, he's extremely limited in what he can bring to to offense. But he roll his impact on the pick and roll game makes everybody else's job so much easier because you have to respect him. You have to. I, I, just, I mean, I, the Clippers showed you. If I, you don't, he's just getting buckets on you. But it ain't getting you anywhere in the playoffs. No, but that's not the conversation. <laughs> you know? That's not the conversation. Yeah, you know, but isn't I'm that sure. part of being great? It it is it is and I mean he's won a ton of games. I mean the, he's the longest tenured Clipper of all time. He's won a, he's won a lot of basketball games. He's won playoff series. Uh, you know I, I just know. I just think DeAndre is a really really I'm good just, basketball player. I, I don't think, think just, anything with I don't think anything with the Clippers was ever his fault. Um, I think he's he's a guy that plays well with others. You know if you put him on Houston instead of Capella. Oh. I think he's having monster numbers. You know, there's a bunch of teams. If you're a high pick and roll team, DeAndre Jordan is ar- arguably the best, you know, setter in the game for for rolling hard to the basket. Yeah, he's I, not a pick I, and pop guy. I guess guy, you could say that. But when you know every time your center is going to roll to the basket, you have something to play off of. I don't know. I pr- I'm probably just looking at this with uh, yeah, my no, Clipper man. bias. You're showing him a little bit of hate, but I guess I, in in a sense, got go bear lower <laughs> than you. So yeah. But coming in at, at number eight, I got Hassan Whiteside. You have Hassan Whiteside at eight. I got Hassan Whiteside at number eight. Okay. Um, yeah, he's another guy that's he's played thirty. He's only played thirty-five games. Uh, yeah, he's been hurt. 50, he's been hurt this year. So he like 
he's another one like Gobert where their their injury this year kind of sucks. So people may seem like this isn't like the right call, but he's a he's a top ten guy, rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage. If he's uh, eligible, he I mean he's averaging fourteen, twelve, a uh, block and a half, shooting fifty five percent. He's got as good a numbers as you need. Um, oh, and, for sure. and Miami's played well. They've dipped off a little bit as of late, but Miami's playing really well. And him and Dragic are basically, you know, the names that they built off of. The rest of the guys are role players that are having career yeah, years. Since, since you the, know, the James Johnson, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson, um, Wayne Ellington, uh, Olenek, all these guys are solid rotational players. Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters. They're solid rotational players, but um, Whiteside and Dragic are the, the – they are the Miami. Yeah, and then, I mean – because of his injuries, I had to put Hassan Whiteside at number nine. And also just, I mean, his story is so great of coming from the D-League. Yeah. Never getting a chance. He worked out for the Lakers. Yeah, no, he. I definitely remember him, like, you know, in 2K and, and stuff like that, being, like, super low-rated oh, yeah. guy. Uh, didn't didn't come into the league. He, with was all, of... he was all about his 2K ratings when he first came into the league. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. hearing yeah, about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and he, has a, he has a last name that was recognizable. And, yeah. And we, I remember him in college. So, uh, yeah, no, he's a good player. Uh, at number eight, number nine, That's I think that's that's, that's the right. That's right around I think where that's he needs the, to be. Yeah, I think that's the right place. Um, coming at number nine, I got Rudy Gobert. Okay. Um, 27 games played is, like, the main stat for me this year, so it's it's too bad. But I know what he can do. That's exactly. why he's in the top ten. Exactly. Um, I know that he's a top ten guy in rebounds. He's a top ten guy in blocks, uh, field goal percentage. He's shooting 59% this year. Not bad. Um, he's an all-defensive first-team type of guy. So um, he can do it all. 7-1, crazy wingspan. Uh, he's the centerpiece of that franchise. You know, they, they, they've let people walk away from that team because of how confident they are in him. So hopefully he stays healthy and, and uh, Utah gets their stuff together. Right now they're 10th in the West, but they're going to be all right. Yeah, and then who you got at number 10? Number 10 was extremely tough. I changed – I worked on this list all week. <laughs> I started the list the day after we recorded the last episode. At 2.30 today, I changed number 10. Um, who did you have before? Before at two thirty today, I had no. Who did you have at two twenty nine? At two twenty nine today, I had Nikola Jokic of okay. the Denver Nuggets. Okay, and I was I was solid. I had him up as high as eight. Wow, throughout the week, but because I think he is a top ten talented guy. <laughs> but there's guys that, like you said, there's there's guys that have done more. But this guy at number ten really hasn't shown. What he what he has shown me is extremely good, and he's he I think is on his way to a DeAndre Jordan type of career, and that's Clint Capella. I think he's I think he's uh, the product of his team, but he's also part of the team, and he's been playing extremely well. His numbers are ridiculous. He leads the NBA in field goal percentage at sixty six percent. He's fifth in blocks, seventh in rebounds. Um, he's got twenty five double doubles, and the team's crushing 38 13 espn just moved houston into the number one team in the nba they did he they did i did see that um, he's only 23 years old he's not uh, so you know basically how this happened today was i was looking at rankings and leaderboards mm-hmm. and clint capella's name is on every single top 10 list you can think of yeah for any any stat that's any good for big guys he is in the top 10 now stats aren't everything but um 
And I think Jokic is definitely has a bigger game than Capella. Because I have Jokic at ten. Yeah, Jokic's game is nuts. I love Jokic. Uh, his game is, is has a much bigger ceiling than than Capella's. He's he can do much more individually. But that's exactly. But why. like I said, you need you need player you need great players like Clay and Draymond, um, and maybe Capella could be in this echelon to be a great player and a role player kind of at the same yeah. time. I mean, I just his the, presence on the the high pick and roll. They don't have another guy that can do that. Ryan Anderson is is a court spreader. Um, who who, el- who else do they have at, at bigs? Tark Black. Yeah, it's undersized. You know, you know, and that's not a high pick and roll guy. You no, know? he's just a bruiser. So yeah, um, I'm giving Clint Capella some props for how good Houston's. You're giving uh, him a lot of props. I'm giving him a lot of props. Um, there's a lot of guys on this list that are left out uh, that could have been on this list, but. Uh, ultimately, I got Clint Capella at ten. Yeah, and I mean, you you said it for me. I mean, the reason I put Nikola Jokic at ten over Clint, someone like Clint Capella, is that window of potential and that that true impact on the floor. He's another guy that could be the best big guy in the league. Yeah, he's. I mean, this year he's at sixteen and a half points per game, ten point six rebounds per game, five and a half assists a game. Yeah, and I already have him over people like. Jonas Valanciunas, who's super, super yeah. talented. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who's still playing really, really well. Who was a top ten center who was maybe top, about three years ago. Uh, for, for, for a minute, too. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, even, even, the guy they, even the guy Denver traded away, Joseph uh, Nurkic. Uh, Joseph Nurkic, yeah. You know, he can play, too. So, it's like there's, there's a lot of good centers. Um, but I'm su- for not being in my top ten, I'm super stoked about Joe Kitch's potential. Um, yeah. And where he's going to go as an NBA player. He's going to be a household name, and the and Denver's playing, playing good. He's the perfect. They basically play four guards. Denver's dude. in the sixth seed in the West now. They basically play Jokic in four guards. I mean, Wilson Chandler's not much of a power forward. Yeah, I no. mean, right, right now Paul Millsap is hurt, so yeah. they're playing small ball. But when you throw out people like Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Jamal Murray on the same lineup, yeah, that's a small lineup. That's, that's buckets waiting to happen. All right, so let's run them back. Who, one through ten, who you got? All right, one through ten, NBA centers. I'm going to go DeMarcus Cousins, then Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Then Dwight Howard, Marcus Saul, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, and number ten, Clint Capella. And then I got number one, Boogie Cousins, two, Carl Anthony Towns, three, Andre Drummond, four, Rudy Gobert, five, Marcus Saul, six, Joel Embiid. Seven Dwight Howard, eight DeAndre Jordan, nine Hassan Whiteside, ten Nikola Jokic, and this just in: the Cavs made a move. They blew a twenty-one point lead oh, no. against the Orlando Magic, who are the second worst team in the East with seventeen wins now. They lost. They, they no Aaron Gordon. No Aaron Gordon. <laughs> they the Cavs lost. 116 to 98 after blowing a 21 point lead. Yeah, that's not good. Cleveland's in trouble, man. No one's happy right there. That's just like the worst case scenario for for a team is just no one wanting to be there. Everyone's talking shit. Everyone's frustrated. Everyone's in their own head. Do you know who made it out the best? Um, Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> I'm mean, not talking about players that aren't on no, the Cavs but, anymore. No, but dude, you don't want to take an injury at that point in your career being a big guy. No, of he's going to be all right. But yeah, you don't have to deal with the bullshit. Yeah, now he doesn't. Still, have, it's he, like, yo, you saw. He, I mean, he's a he's an NBA player. He, 
LeBron James needs Kevin Love to win championships. Oh, for sure, know, he, for sure. It's just like, uh, I mean, Kevin Love's been playing great. I got nothing, nothing wrong to say with him, but I bet he wants to be on the court. Oh, I'm sure he wants to be on the yeah. court, but because you're hey, losing chances at rings not playing with LeBron. Oh, for sure, but he's just not getting any of the blame anymore. No, no. Luck. I mean, luckily, yeah. It's it's. I hate to see what's going down with Isaiah and all this stuff, but I'm just. I mean, the Cleveland's not looking good. I mean, I'm not worried about them competing for an NBA title. They're gonna they're gonna get to the playoffs. I don't believe that they're gonna miss the playoffs. Uh, they're gonna get to the playoffs. They're probably gonna win a series or two, um, but. Unless they really change things around, which, you know, we're waiting on our, our playoff predictions for the trade deadline, which is why we yeah. haven't said anything. So we'll see if they do end up making any moves. But unless they change something, they're not looking like they're going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not looking like anything is going to happen. But anyway, that wraps it up for this week on the TSK Show. You got any shout-outs before we get out of here, Tyler? I got one shout-out. Uh, official today, Jacob Eason from Georgia will be transferring to the UW. Um, he's a quarterback. He's from Lake Stevens in the Seattle area. There you go. So he, um, I remember in high school when he committed to Georgia, I thought it was awesome to see a, uh, um, a Seattle area kid go to Georgia in the SEC. That just doesn't happen too often. Um, he was 2015 Gatorade National High School Player of the Year. Wow. Okay. He's the number one quarterback in his class. He's 6'5". He will be in the NFL someday. Uh, you'll see him play. Um, Jake, he's got to sit out a year for transfer rules. Jake Browning will – Start his final season at UW. Oh, so that works out. Jacob that works Eason, out great. looks like he's going to take the reins of his uh, home state university. Um, I'm excited for him. It's going to be awesome. I, lo- I love quarterbacks. I love local guys. So yeah. this is the perfect match. Hometown kid coming home. Hometown always, kid coming home. It's always be good, good to hear. It reminds me of Micah Downs when Micah Downs went to Kansas. <laughs> I mean, he got home state, so he transferred back to Gonzaga. There you go. But all right, that wraps it up for this week on the TSK show. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. Like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK Show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK Show. Or just type in the keyword, the Sports Kingdom Show, on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We will be back next week to recap the NBA trade deadline. Like Tyler said, we will have our updated playoff predictions for the NBA and so much more next week. Peace. Later.